welcome. I'm Nikki Pope, your host for this edition of the Respectfully podcast. It's our intention here at Respectfully to include hairdressers everywhere in conversations and discussions about the hair industry and invite you to listen to the comments and views of guests from all sectors of the market. To call my guest for this latest hairy chat, a session stylist or hairdresser simply doesn't do him justice. Sam McKnight is an influencer, an icon, someone who has helped shape the way hair is perceived and enjoyed by celebrities, designers, the media and the high street. While some might be winding down and looking forward to a more relaxing time in later years, Sam has recently revved up his activity. He's expanded his portfolio of work by bringing out more products in his styling line and taking to work as a judge on the new talent show, The Big Blowout. A few days ago, Sam joined me over Zoom to record our chat. I asked him what drives him, how he chooses what inventions to embark upon and how he copes with the fame of some of his clients and the models he looks after still. It's fascinating stuff. Enjoy. If you want to take a swig of your coffee, do it while I'm talking. I'll take my setting petticoats off. <laughs> it's funny most people don't realize how much they fidget and then when they actually get on this then they re- realize I know I know I know hello and welcome Sam McKnight lovely to have you with me thank you for having me I can see you sitting in your obviously well are you at home it looks like you've got a nice garden in the background I'm at home yeah I'm at home the garden's still in quite a lot of color for this time of year so it's yeah it's lovely it's great well, anybody who, like me, has a peek at your Instagram on a regular occasion will see your garden features heavily. I think it's they, quite they big... certainly will, yeah. <laughs> it's a big part of your story, which we will come to, I know. But just you and I have met on occasion over the years. For anybody listening who hasn't had the pleasure of actually meeting you, I would like to say hello, Sam McKnight. Tell me a little bit about where we find you in the world these days. What is it that you're you're doing how how do you describe yourself to somebody coming up to you at a party and saying what do you do um well i would try to avoid telling them the truth um yes i would try to avoid telling what i do because there's too many questions um (laughs) it's too much to explain (laughs) i mean if, if i get pushed i will say i'm a hairstylist do people know you? Have they? Do they know your name? Do you think you're famous? Because I think you are, but obviously I'm in the hairdressing and fashion. You're pretty well known in the industry, but outside the industry, no, not really. Not really, you know. No. So that's why I can get away saying I'm a hairstylist, you're kind of leaving into that. And usually the first question is, oh, where's your salon? And then if you get roped in saying, I don't have one, then this kind of quizzical looks, oh, like do you drive around in a car? No, I just do photo shoots. And honestly, to be honest, it is <laughs> it is just too involved. To, so I try to keep it brief. Okay. And really also cool. it can sound a little bit braggadocious, you know, yeah. and and I don't really like getting into that. I don't kind of, I, I kind of, <laughs> I, I'd rather talk about the garden at a party, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Have you always been like that? I mean, was there a time? So you you jumped fairly soon, I think, into session styling and working with magazines. I know you you're Scottish did, born yeah. and, and moved to London and, and almost quite quickly moved from the salon. Was it Moulton Brown? I think you started. I was. Yeah, I, 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 no, I started in I started actually with um, 
was Glenby International. I was in Miss Selfridge, I was in Elizabeth Arden, I was in a few other salons, and I ended up at Molten Brown in the late 70s. Right. And was sent from there to do photo shoots, which I completely got addicted to. Because back then, it wasn't really a big thing. It was It was a much more... Uh, rarefied sort of um, niche yeah. thing. There weren't that many magazines. There weren't that many photo shoots. And actually, generation before, I mean, a few years before me, before my generation, uh, models often did their own hair and makeup. So the, the, these hair and makeup artists on photo shoots were a relatively new phenomenon. I think John Frieda was probably one of the first ones before right. me and Leonard. Um, so it became a kind of, it, was, it wasn't really a big industry. So it wasn't something you kind of thought you could go and do full time. I did. I, I kind of thought, yeah, I can make a full time out of this. But before me, it was, I mean, everyone said when I left the salon, oh, you crazy. You'll never be able to sustain a living just yeah. doing that. But I think the timing was great because it was at the beginning of um, photo shoots and fashion shows becoming less for the industry and more for the general public. So I, I was yeah. there at the beginning of the growth, if you like, you know, yeah. I mean, I remember uh, journalists weren't allowed to take pictures at fashion shows, even as the audience, they weren't allowed to take pictures of the clothes. They had to sketch. Yes. I mean, yes. Grace Coddington does amazing sketches because she's from that era, era of the photographers not being allowed because the, the collection were shown six months in advance and they were yep. top secret. They weren't shown to the public until they were available in the shops. Yeah. So it was a kind of rarefied, um, very, very, very niche. Yeah. Um, and you wouldn't even call it an industry. It was just that they're, 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 what I saw was, I saw that there was a sort of burgeoning demand for hair in photo studios that there hadn't been before. So I just thought I'd take the risk, yeah. which you do when you're young, don't you? And you just go for it. So, but what was it about that kind of work that you just thought this is for you as opposed to the salon? I was fascinated by the collaborative creative experience. I was fascinated that these models could come in and they didn't, it was what was an eye opener was they didn't, come in off the pages of a magazine they came in as sort of normal people you know into the studio there's a bunch of people there doing hair makeup photography styling there weren't that many people there'd be half a dozen maybe seven people on a shoot and we created these incredible scenarios yeah. from almost nothing and that kind of that sort of fantasy element just really appealed to me I mean I'd been brought up don't forget with you know, when I was much younger, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, and then moving on to David Bowie and the kind of um, that kind of incredible creative music period in the 70s. So that was just really an ex the fashion thing was an extension of that because Bowie made us all very, very aware of fashion. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, how how much is it? Is it still the same that you're involved in that creative process? Because I'm a, I'm aware that perhaps when you're working on a show, you might take a brief from a designer who might sort of give you a brief. This is how I want the hair to look. On a shoot, perhaps there are times when you're more involved that you know, let's create something from the beginning. Where where on the spec 
do you think it's moved? Do you get more involved or less involved as the years have gone by? Well, sometimes it, it, it's all different. I mean, some sometimes on a show you're involved in the creative process from the beginning, like all the amazing colour work we've done for Dries van Noten over the past few years and, and all the kind of... But, but then working for 12 years with Carl Lagerfeld on Chanel and Fendi um, was much... Um, Carl would sometimes have a very strong idea of the hair look yeah, and I knew by his notes and his sort of drawings, I knew whether he wanted me to interpret it exactly like that, or if there was room for you know me taking it somewhere else. So, so it depended on the collection. Sometimes the designer will have a a real definite idea of of the look he wants to present, the woman, the silhouette, the idea. Yeah. And sometimes they go, well, we're thinking of this, but what do you think? So bit, there's always that collaborative element because sometimes yeah. you'll, 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 you'll see it and you'll kind of, what, quite often what I'll do is we'll get a couple of models in my studio in London and we'll, we'll kind of do a few different variations and see where it takes us. And, and last year for Dries, he sent me the picture of the clothes and I just thought immediately, and the, the photographer is Raphael Pavarotti, who's very big on color, as is Dries, as is myself. And we went in the studio and we, one of my team, Eamon, is a fantastic artist. So he hand-painted all the patterns and colors of, of um, Dries's collection onto hair pieces, which we used. And, I mean, there's such utter joy in doing something like that. And then, and then when, when you kind of, when you're there on the shoot, shooting the stills and the film for two or three days, it sort of goes on another journey and turns into something else. And that there's a there's, there's great pleasure in that. Yeah, how it works. And then when you're on some things like, you know, I don't know, a Tim Walker or is it important that somebody has the final say? Is there ever that sort of clash of, well, I want to do it like this and we should do it like that? Or does it generally work? Less of a clash, more of a kind of seesaw, more of a more of a kind of because sometimes you'd be sometimes the makeup will be so strong and you kind of think well I'm going to take a step back because you don't really need hair competing with that or vice versa the makeup artist will go you know what this is a hair moment I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of tone the makeup down or so it, it might be you know boom both yeah. together you know um so it's always about discussion and I'm a great believer in let's just do it and see what it looks like. Rather, we, let, should we talk about it for an hour or should we just do it and see what it looks like? Yeah. And maybe it, will, it, maybe it will spark someone to do something else. So your story is also about, if you look at Wikipedia, it, it talks about you, you know, working with celebrities and, and fame and you certainly did and you worked through the sort of 80s and 90s when, you know, the supermodels and then the real sort of, the Lady Gaga's people who had really strong images. How much were you interested by this concept of fame and celebrity, which over the decades has evolved, hasn't it, massively? Or mm. was that never part of the attraction for you? Have you always sort of thought that bit doesn't interest me, or was it interesting to see how that evolved? No, that kind of thing never really interested me. I mean, it's 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 I I, I watch from a very safe distance how fame can really be not a pleasant thing, you know? Mm. And I've never, ever desired that for myself, you know? No. I'm quite happy. I'm really happy and really thrilled to be well-known for what I do. That's great. But, but as far as that hunger for fame is, 
I've never really had that. I, I, I've seen the damage it can do, you know? Yeah. Well, you have to be really, really, really of a certain disposition to, to handle that really well, you know? Yeah. And I think people can get addicted to it. And, you know, it, it, it's, 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 it's not all it's cracked up to me, that's for sure. That's for sure. But it, I mean, it never has been. I was watching Blonde last night, the new film about Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah. even back in those days, it was, a t- you know, the Judy Garland's stories. You know, it's always been, um, you know, something people hunger for, but very few people can really manage. Well, I, I, quite often that, 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 that massive fame thing is usually there because it's making money for a host of other people. You know, there's a lot of people attached to that. And and um, I, don't, I don't like a big entourage. I don't like, um, I don't know. I don't like all the trappings of fame, if you like. You know, I don't like, yeah. I've seen that. I've seen that from a distance. Obviously, it's not all bad. I mean, to, 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 to you know, I think being famous for something really substantial and, and something that you're proud of and well, it, 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 it can be a nice thing, I see, but chasing fame is something else you know yeah yeah and the pressure you have and then, and you know and fame is fleeting fame is fleeting so when it's not there you see that's when the problems start so no i i'm i i'm good i think you've always to, from my perspective watching you being around people and talking about them and obviously your book came out um several years ago and we know we know you to have worked with you know, everybody from Princess Diana onwards. I think you've always been very, you seem to be quite discreet and quite respectful of your relationships, you know, wishing people well on Instagram, but not divulging details. It's, you know, you're not, you're not a, a gossip in any way. Is that something? Oh, well, would you know, we, we all, I mean, as hairdressers, we all love a bit of gossip. We do. <laughs> but again, it's, it's that kind of, it, 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 it's, it's having that, mutually mutual discretion between hairdresser and client if you like it's because yeah. the, the things that are said that you, you never would i mean to be honest not only they're never repeated i've forgotten as soon as the next <laughs> one comes in like all of us you you've got an inbuilt kind of filter haven't you, you yeah, kind of, yeah and 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 it's a it's a it's a that, that kind of mutual psychology that goes on it's really interesting because some people you get to know really well some people you don't at all and that's yeah. absolutely absolutely fine because you see people at their most vulnerable with no hair and makeup six o'clock in the morning you know I always say every shoot tries to put a, a camera in the makeup room and I, yeah. I don't allow it I mean yeah. we will under well, yeah you can have it for 10 minutes when we know that it's there but we're not we're, this this is this is the sanctuary and what what goes on in here does not belong outside of this do, do yeah. you know what I mean yeah no, so there, it's that it's that it's, it's that kind of you know building on trust isn't it yeah all the way yeah. through you know yeah no no it's really important but I do think in the last two or three years because you've been really seems to have suddenly got I don't know whether you're you're um, drinking iron brew in the mornings or something but suddenly you are everywhere and you have actually I've seen you on buses at the Jubilee Parade um, you're expanding your own label products you're now on the TV on the big blowout so let's let's come to up to what you're doing these days where's this energy coming from and it has you know been a long time I... in the coming well no it was it's a surprise <laughs> to me because 
I would get asked to do all those things before, but I was so enveloped in in my sort of fashion show, fashion shoot world. And that all ended um, at the beginning of lockdown. That For all of us, it just yeah. stopped. Yeah. And it stopped for a good six months. And, you know, I... I I I had a lot of time to think, which I've never really had before. I've never had, I've never had two weeks off, never mind six months like that, you know. And it really was, I had to face myself. And I'm what 67 now. And I just during that two years in 19, not 19 season, I'm from yeah. another century. <laughs> in 2020, yeah. yeah. During that six months. I, I mean, it, the, the sort of the veil went up, and I'm thinking, wow, I, I'm not sure I want to go back to exactly what I was doing before. I, got, I, and I'm happy to do a bit of that, but I'm not. That is not going to be my complete life because I'm getting older. I want to experience new things because I had self-funded my product line. We had done it all myself, and it was very small, very niche, but it was a, it was yeah. kind of a hobby almost. The sprays, little, the styling sprays, yeah, mostly, yeah. And 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 they did really well. And 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 during those six months, I took the time to develop a whole new range and, and to look at it as look at it as a look at it more seriously look at it as right. a serious business and we found investors uh we, we we did everything we took it out of being a hobby into a brand right. that's where that's where we took it and um, and and i and i guess i needed that time of reflection and being because my world was eight months of travel, four months in UK before, and that just flipped, you know? Yeah. And I just embraced it. I looked at it as this massive opportunity uh, because I had to really, I, I didn't have an alternative. And at, uh, when we, um, when the products were under development, I had a, an Instagram message from Zoe, who's a producer at Love Productions, asking if, if I'd be interested in maybe doing a TV show. Now, a year before, I wouldn't have had time. I just yeah. I just would not have had time to do it. And I I mean, when she said they did Bake Off, I did, okay, let, let's do this. You know, let, yeah. let, let, let's, because we they, 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 well, they took me, they, 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 but she had Bake Off, Sewing Bee, and um, The Great Pottery Throwdown, which is their, the, the shows that they do. I mean, yeah. they're amazing shows, and and I and they they, they explained to me how they because I, I said, look, if, if you're going to take the Mickey out of the hair world, I'm not interested. But when they explained what what they were going to do, they were going to it was going to be celebrating it. Yeah. Um, I just thought, yeah, but I, I, another opportunity arose, so I took it, and yeah. we finished. But well, it's airing now, and and you know what, I loved it. I mean, Lisa Perel, uh, myself. And AJ Odudo got along so well. We had such good fun. And the contestants were absolutely lovely. Yeah. They were really funny. And we had a ball. And I, I and I thought they were absolutely brilliant. I thought they were great. And I think it would be really nice, a nice kind of um light shining on the hairdressing. Because 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 there have been TV shows before that really weren't great, you know. And I no. think they've they've done this really well. It looks really polished. It's really up. It's kind of, it's fun. It's cozy. It's really cozy, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's, it's really a nice warm. Vibe. Yeah. 
Yeah. So this, so the big blowout, as you say, well, how much um, or were you and Lisa at all involved in the tasks, in deciding the tasks? So the, the No, I, I wasn't involved in, and, and, and I came in at the end and made it a couple of tweaks, but no, that was all done before. Well, they start with a fairly sort of playful, inventive, go mad with a theme, you know, we've had sheep mm. and birds and peacock feathers and things on the hair and then it's followed by a task which is much more about commercial hairdressing working to a brief perhaps for a, a client and so on what about the the playful avant-garde experimental style of things is that up your, up your when you come over as being very enthusiastic is that something you normally like in hairdressing is it is it a skill uh, well, we should all have I don't I'm not sure it's a skill we should all have but it certainly makes great tv doesn't it yeah <laughs> I mean, you couldn't have you couldn't have eight episodes of blow dries, cut and blow dries. No. I think I think there's and and it, it takes each stylist out of their individual comfort zones, which I think yeah. makes makes for a really good show. And I think they all got so much out of it. And I think a lot of them learned a lot too from each other and from us because yeah. there's a lot of it you don't see. There's a lot yeah. of us giving them giving them a lot of advice welcome or not um that, that is edited out so i think yeah. i mean one of them came up to me at the end and said thank you so much i just feel that we've had a six weeks incredible masterclass in hairdressing that we would never have had before and i hadn't even thought of it like that and that was yeah. that was really touching that was lovely yeah. I think it's incredibly brave of them all to be on it. It's always quite nerve-wracking being on the first of anything. And it was incredibly say, brave of me to be on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yes, but I mean, as you say, Love Productions is known for these great shows, yeah, so that yeah, gives them, yeah. gives the, in our perception, we expect a lot of them. Um, and obviously, I think I share the wish of a lot of people that it will open up a bit of understanding of what a hairdressing career can bring. And, and obviously one series isn't going to completely change our fortunes, but it would be great if it did encourage more people to consider hairdressing as, as a really interesting, rewarding, potentially very. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to do it. That, that yeah. was, that was, that was what I talked about with, with the producers and, and, um, and I think if it does that, then I think it's great. And I, I really think it's going to, it's, it's from the response I'm getting already, people are really liking it. Yeah. So we got an amazing review in The Guardian the other day. And I think that there hasn't really been anything like this for the hairdressing world. You know, it's, it, it, it's, it, no, there hasn't think, really been anything. Because well, before it's been a little bit sort of not, not so, celebratory you know but I think no, this is this is been, really been, positive I think before we had a lot of stereotypes or yes, casting yes, yeah, um, yeah. working with, with amateurs I think this is interesting for working with professionals I think I do think and and I'm sure you're too um self-effacing to say this but I think you and Lisa lend it a lot of credibility as well just by the fact that we have two judges who I'm sure many of us in the industry think yeah if you're being judged by Sam and Lisa that says something and I think that's important in any competition it's like who are the judges and I think that you know it starts from the top down and and series two it'll be interesting to see who applies to be on it whether <laughs> there's a big rush of people thinking okay right I've seen it now I get it it's it's credible I want that six weeks training course with Sam and Lisa <laughs> so, well you know what I, Lisa and I are very different and I think that works 
Yeah. I think I think she's, we have we have very different approaches of you know, and I think that's part of the magic of of of, of the, the the magic recipe. I think you know what I mean. That, that we actually we 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 did really get along and we laughed yeah. a lot as well, and but we I- had our serious moments too. But it was it was really good fun, and and the. Um, we were really respectful of yeah. the kids as well. You know, it was, and, and there was, there was a kind of, there was a nice atmosphere on set all the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's very brave. It's a, it is a risk, let's face it, for somebody who perhaps has, you know, built up a business or built up a reputation to put yourself out there in front of everybody, your industry, peers, mm. your clients. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Potential yeah. clients. Um, you know, yeah. and that comes, that comes back a little bit to what we were saying, you know, 10 minutes ago about fame and how you have to be able to you have to be resilient or know how you're gonna handle that if you like you know mm. everybody's got an opinion and by being on a show you're inviting opinion aren't you um, you really are but I think I think these days there's a generation who've grown up on Instagram you know on social media that that I didn't have so it's almost it's an easier step for them if you like because they're already they're already kind of showing themselves yeah you, yeah. you know so it's a step further than that does that make yeah. sense yes yes no i get that is it more interesting for hairdressers to be more multi-skilled or do you think it's just that they need to just have an awareness of what other things what other skills come into play i think i mean i think it's about playing to your own strengths, really. I mean, if you, if you, some people are going to be great colorists, some people are going to be great at braiding, some people are going to be great at, you know, updos and styling. Some people are going to be much more um, varied. Everyone is completely different, and all the personalities are completely different. I think, I think it's about. I think the whole thing is about the the different aspects that there are to hairdressing that it isn't just one narrow thing. It's yeah. so um, multifaceted and it's, it's so many different talents or skills involved. And I think that's, you're going to see a lot of that yeah. going forward. Yeah. Yeah. And back to you, what, what, what's your specialist skill or, or, or what have you, what do you love doing and what's, and maybe is there a skill that you took ages to conquer, but now you're a, you know, whether it's a blow dry or a braid or a texture, would you, do you think you've got anything that's your? I think what I like doing most of all is I like doing hair that moves. I like doing stuff that looks real. I like doing, but but also having said that, I like doing other, I love, I love bright colors. I, I like, I like things that are, I like things that make a fantastic image. That's what I like. I can see an image at all time and I can see things that that needs to be perfectly architectural, but that bit needs to move. I, I, I have a, I have a visual eye. I have an eye for creating an image. Yeah. And, yeah. and whatever, whatever that takes. And if it's, if it's a skill that I'm not very good at, I will bring someone else in to do that. You know, right. and I will, I will kind of, because some of my team are amazing at braiding. I'm terrible at braiding, but I know how I want it. Do, do, right. do you know what I mean? I, yeah, I, yeah. I kind of, I, 
know what's going to what's going to look right yeah yeah and then bringing in the, your products and the fact that in the last couple of years you've really expanded into um you started off with the sprays which i know well and and you launched gosh quite a while ago but now you've got the care and styling what what do you how do you decide what to make next what did you sit there and think right how what would somebody need as an entire kit bag or did you did it just move? it's a kit bag it's 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 what i what i need to get me through every situation with okay. every hair type results need to be gotten very quickly and very easily right so it's a, it's about lightweight products that we're not going to have to keep washing the hair to get them out that we can build that it, it's it's hair products for kind of modern life if you like you know yeah. So although they are consumer facing, they're also mm. but they're salon, they're session stylist worthy as well. Oh, they're 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 every product is made from scratch by us, from yeah. from nothing to the packaging, the colors, the graphics, um, the testing. I mean, I know um, manufacturers and pharmacies like to give you like three or five goes with the testing. I think I think for the mask we had 30 goes with it you know so it's just making sure we get it absolutely spot on right and during the lockdown we had everything kind of formulated before and during the lockdown we really thought things through we our manufacturer went bust so we had to get a new manufacturer and while we we're doing that we reformulated everything and made everything vegan right and right. cruelty free so we right. kind of and and we're really looking at going forwards um, looking at plastic alternatives, but we're not there yet because we, we it's 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 way too expensive at the moment, you know. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Yeah. Do you do you have? A I listen. I listen to I listen to Chris Martin on the radio, and because they had done a tour, this was last year or the year before, they had done a tour uh, with Coldplay, and it had been touted as the the the, the most sustainable tour ever da, 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 da. and actually when i heard it and i'm thinking oh yeah right but actually when i heard him talking he said we're not we're not saying we're sustainable you know this yeah. is a big press thing what we, we're trying you know yeah. we're not getting so many private jets yeah. we're using local people you know and i and the way he just kept, it was made sense and i yeah, that's what we're trying to do yeah. we, we're, we're not touting ourselves as a sustainable brand but we really are trying you know yeah it's like if we all did, if everybody did a bit, that's better than some people doing yeah, everything. Absolutely, you know? so absolutely. I, think I mean, the plastics are recycled and recyclable. Uh, we only think things are only boxed if it's necessary. You know, yeah. it, 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 we are we are really thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. mindful, mindful. Yeah, mindful. Yeah. And do you have a favourite child in your product family? <laughs> The um, the happy endings has just been it's been fantastic. It's so great. It's it's great on every. That's my type. favorite. Absolutely, we, yes, we yeah. love it. And you know, funnily enough, um, the mask has been fantastic this show season because we did one show where um, the girls were coming from another show with tons of product in the hair, so we were kind of washing the hair in the sink, and the mask was just godsend it was fantastic it was great it got ever because because we were doing sort of sleek shiny hair and uh, it just performed to the nth degree it was fantastic 
Brilliant. So that's Brilliant. that's my new baby, yeah. What, so what's happening now? So you finished, we're watching the big blowout, but you finished yeah. filming it. Is there going to be a second series? Do you know, or do you need to, do you have to wait till the uh, end? I, I don't know that. I think we have to wait till the end. I hope there is. That would be amazing. Um, yeah. We have more products coming next month. We've got a couple of styling products coming next month. Um, then we, I mean, we just finished, finished shows and we have a couple of other projects that we're working on we're going to be part of an exhibition next year which is really big yeah and that's going to be really interesting so we're working on that now brilliant so are you so you're going back to the shows you're going back to traveling or have you managed to yeah what I'm doing is I'm not going I'm, I'm not going back doing 20 shows and being and doing the crazy thing but we've been much more much more edited. I'm being much more sensible about it. I just don't have time. I'm we're too busy doing other stuff. And in my old age, I am so happy doing things that I've never done before. I mean, yeah. I, having taken that leap, I I just am I'm really excited to do new things and learn new skills. I mean, I learned to be not self-conscious during that period of of filming the big blowout I nearly called it the big blow off then um <laughs> during that that those few weeks I I really learned to be not so self-conscious in front of a camera and I would never watch myself or listen to myself usually on yeah. anything and I've watched the first two episodes and and and, and was very relieved to not be cringing so <laughs> at my own voice you know yeah, yeah. Good. Oh, well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thank you, Nick. Thank you so much. That's great. Thanks for having me. Okay. Thank you so much to Sam for joining us. I found that super interesting and I'm sure you will have done also. If you like what you're listening to, then why not hop over to our library of podcasts recorded over the last two or three years? You'll find them on Spotify, iTunes or wherever you regularly find podcasts. And... Then jump on and rate and review us as it helps to drive us up the charts and make hairdressing podcasts easier to find. Until next time, goodbye.